So can anybody tell what the theme of these two readings are today? <laughs> From the first reading that Brother John read and now the gospel passage, obviously and clearly it is fasting. And it, this is a hard concept to understand. I remember some of my own family, my father saying, I just don't get the point of fasting. And on the surface, yes, it doesn't seem like it really is, makes much sense. But when you understand why the church teaches this, and it goes back way before Christ to ancient Judaism, you can see it. Now, in our faith, we know Ash Wednesday, which was just a couple days ago, and Good Friday are days of fast for healthy Catholics age 18 to 59. Now, I work with some people who are over 59 and they are voluntarily fasting, but I laugh because I also know, like, my dad and others are like, oh boy, I'm over 59, I don't have to fast anymore. Yes, technically that's true. And for health reasons, you wanna be careful, especially if you're over 59. But anyway, this means according to church law, that you have one modest meal, full meal, but modest, and two small meals that together don't equal one full meal. It's really not that difficult. It's actually not that bad. Um, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, though, are also days of abstinence, as is every Friday in Lent. Today is a day of abstinence not abstaining from sexual relations, abstaining from meat. And so abstinence, this requirement, is everyone 14 and older. So if you're older than 14, even if you're 90, you're not to eat meat. The, the human body does not have to have meat. I know certain, maybe if you have certain diseases or, or weaknesses, you might need the, the protein or, or the iron or whatnot, but for the most part, um, all people over 14 should abstain from meat on all Fridays during Lent, Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, especially in all Fridays in Lent. But a lot of people don't know, I mentioned the other day, that all Fridays, even outside of Lent, are days of penance. So the church has never relieved the, the requirement to give up meat on Friday. That's why we Marian fathers always refrain from meat on every Friday, July, August, September. We don't eat meat on those Fridays because every Friday is supposed to be a day of penance and you give up meat. Now in the U.S., the church has said that if you choose to eat meat on a Friday outside of Lent, I'm not talking about Fridays in Lent, those you cannot eat meat, but on Fridays outside of Lent, you can eat meat if you do another form of penance, like maybe giving up a TV show or something like that. So we have to give up something else. Now we also are required every mass, every day of the year to fast before mass. Now it used to be from midnight the night before. Now the church has acquiesced in our weakness and said one hour 
before. Now, people are confused. Is it one hour before mass starts or is it one hour before Holy Communion? Technically, we should try as much as we can, but really get at least the hour before receiving Holy Communion. Now, today's a day of fast, so I did a protein drink this morning, but I quick looked at the clock and it was 8.30. So I said, okay, I got to quick drink this protein shake to not violate my hour fast, or otherwise I got to give you a longer homily so that, <laughs> so that we, we don't violate my hour fast, but it should be okay. And so we should do that. Now, by fasting, why do we do this? Because we control the passion of the body. The Bible warns us, don't let the flesh control the spirit. You are to make sure the spirit controls the flesh. How do you do that? Father, I'm racked with control of the flesh. I'm gluttonous. I'm lustful. I, you know, I, 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 fasting. You struggle with impurity? Fasting. Because let me tell you, when you're hungry and starving, the last thing you're thinking about is sexual indulgence. So fasting can really help with those drives of the body in an impure way if you're if you're if you're 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 being tempted into unchastity or impurity now also gluttony when you're fasting you're physically denying yourself that indulgence of gluttonous now why because then we control the passions of the body and then we free our souls our, our spirits take over the flesh, not the flesh controlling the spirit. I think the biggest problem in our world today is most people, this flesh controls their spirits. And, and, and fasting is a great way that the spirit then can control the flesh. You free your soul and then you can pray. So refraining from food can help us to bring our bodies under the control of our spirits. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Do you know it's also a way to do penance? Lent is a time for penance. So fasting, if somebody says, well, Father, what penance should I do? Um, well, go to the soup kitchen or pray 20 extra rosaries. Actually, fasting is one of the best forms of prayers you can do. So it's a, <clears throat> it's a, it's an extra special powerful tool because not only does it help you in virtue with chastity and gluttony, but it also is a form of penance to atone for your past sins. So the church recommends it. Now, food itself is not bad. You know, well, Father, why should I give up food? God gave us food. All right. But giving up good things, and food is a good thing, helps us to focus on better things. And one thing better than food itself is God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but only on the word of God. And so <clears throat> we do this. It's an incredible opportunity for us to, to not only grow in virtue by the denying of the flesh, but in many ways to focus on what is better. Food's not bad. Food is good. But God is better. And so how do we do penance? Penance has two forms, all right? Do what you don't like and not doing what you do like. That's both penances. Let me give you an example. Doing what you don't like. I detest cold showers. In the winter here in Massachusetts, it's one of the most horrendous things if we don't have hot water. 
It's even more interesting when you voluntarily turn off the hot water and you get into the shower on a win winter morning here in Massachusetts and you turn on and you take a cold shower. That's a great form of penance because it shocks the body, removes any temptations of the flesh, and you are doing something you don't like. That's one form of penance. Another form of penance is giving up something you do like. So maybe that dessert or that extra helping on the dinner plate or maybe that TV show or maybe 12 hours of internet each day, okay? Give that up. I never realized how hard it was because I checked you know, news headlines to keep abreast and maybe ball scores. And boy, it's hard, but that's a great form of penance. So another form of doing what you don't like is like eating food you don't like. It, it's, it, it, you know, not drawing attention to yourself. Like, like literally, I just have a tough time with Brussels sprouts, okay? But if I put Brussels sprouts on my plate and smile at my brother and eat them, they're not going to know I don't like Brussels sprouts and that I'm doing a form of penance. And that way only God in heaven knows. Well, now I guess it doesn't because I told you all. So I'll have to find another form. But the gospel message is one of self-denial and detachment from all things that consume us. All right. Now, just like there's two forms of penance, what is our broken human nature consist of? It's called concupiscence. <coughs> concupiscence is now part of our broken human nature that we have a tendency to sin. All right. Instead of focusing on our neighbor, we focus on ourselves. Instead of being chased, we focus on satisfying our, our, our appetites. Instead of not eating, we gorge. Instead of working hard, we want to be lazy and lay on the couch. Instead of saying good about somebody we don't like, we gossip about them and criticize them. You see, that is concupiscence. It's very hard to be able to overcome. And there are two types of concupiscence. Boy, we got a tough path ahead of us, right? Only the grace of God helps us. The two forms of concupiscence are of the body and of the soul. Well, what do you mean, Father? Okay, bodily concupiscence is the tendency that you want to satisfy all bodily appetites. Your flesh screams and you feed it. I want sexual pleasure, you turn on the internet. I'm hungry, even when then you're not really hungry, you go to comfort food. You are satisfying your, your flesh as soon as it even says, you know, I want something, you feed it. That's concupiscence of the body. To choose things which appear to bring pleasure, even if your reason tells you not to, like another Coca-Cola or Mountain Dew, all right? You know, cameraman Giuseppe, um, you know, my good friend, and you know him from the live streams. Where do you see cameraman Giuseppe? Unbelievable. He got a little frustrated. His health wasn't good. He was drinking a lot of Mountain Dew. He'd have a couple Mountain Dews every day. All he did was cut out Mountain Dew. And I'm sorry, I don't want to get letters from the Mountain Dew company. But all he did was cut out the sugary soda and started doing a little activity. He lost 31 pounds. 31 pounds. That's just a side benefit. But you see, when we, when we do this, we choose things which appear to bring us pleasure, even though reason tells us not to. Now, reason says don't drink those sugary drinks. 
but then we do it. All right, so this is concupiscence of the flesh. But then concupiscence of the soul is this self-absorption with ourselves, um, worrying about more about the opinions of others than the opinions of God, worrying more about what people thinks of us than what God thinks of us. Are we guilty of concupiscence of the soul that disregards right and wrong to favor yourself, like lying to protect yourself? You know it's wrong. Your reason knows it's wrong to lie, but you don't want to get caught. So you lie so that you don't look bad. I mean, we see that all the time. And so these are things we have to overcome, and we do it in Lent, and fasting is the key. We start with the body, controlling the body to free the soul. You know, we can become so attached to things of the world that they become our gods, our stomach, our pocketbook. They become our gods. Ironically, this is where fasting and abstinence can help us to fully become satisfied. Doesn't that seem ironic? In order to be fully satisfied and full, I should not engorge. Interesting, right? Why? Because God alone, not the things of the world, can satisfy the deepest hunger of man's soul. Detachment on earth is practice of how it will be in heaven, where you will hunger only for God. So when you fast on earth, you're practicing for heaven. When you fast on earth, you're realizing, I, I want to focus on God, not the things of the world, right? We will not be sad without those things in heaven. Well, wait a minute, Father. I don't go to church because I'm too busy. I got I, I to gotta do this and that, and, and I got to go to the ball game and, and, and my son's soccer practice. These are the things that are important to you when you put them ahead of mass. The problem is you're not going to be sad in heaven without those things. You're not going to be sad in heaven as much as I love fishing and hockey and Michigan football. I am not going to be sad in heaven without them. And shockingly, you are not also going to be sad in heaven without your pets, even though I can't wait to see Rocky if he's going to be there someday. But you will not be sad without them. I got so many letters on our pet video, Will Our Pets Go to Heaven?, saying, Father, if my pet is not in heaven, I do not want to be there. I will be miserable. No, because God fulfills every desire, even people. This is what shocks everyone. Father, if my son and daughter are not there, I don't want to be in heaven. Okay, understand this. I understand this. But surprisingly, if you get to heaven and your loved ones are not there, you will not be sad shockingly because they chose not to be there. They would be miserable there. This is why you got to help them now on earth before they leave this earth to help pray for them. The best thing you could do for a loved one who's not going to church or, or, or to practicing their faith, have a mass said for them. Ireland, I said about yesterday, I got so many beautiful people writing to me yesterday on the comments because they were there at the Ireland conference. And I can't tell you how much I love the Irish people from one visit, one visit. I saw the greatest group of people. I, I, uh, the Irish, I, just, I have a, such a, a, a newfound respect and love of the Irish people from that one visit. 
from that one visit. And, and they're seeking, they're seeking their, their loved ones to come back to the faith. All of them like, Father, I want my loved one to come back to the faith. Have a mass said for them. That is the most, that's what I told all these people. When they came to me and said, my son's not going to church, my daughter's not practicing the faith, my brother's in a homosexual relationship, my, my, my sister has um, refrained from ever talking to the family again, have a mass said for them. All right? And so we will not be sad in heaven if they choose not to be there. God doesn't condemn anybody. We choose it. So don't, don't think that way. God will fulfill everything. And on earth, we practice for that when we fast because nothing else then controls us if we're fasting. And so we, you know, and why? Because we are called to keep the great commandments. What are the great commandments? Love God with all your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Nowhere does it mention love yourself above God or neighbor. But that's what we do almost every day. We always break that first commandment, but we rarely confess it because you shall have no other gods before me, including yourself. Okay. And so we are called to keep the great commandments, God first, neighbor second, and ourselves third. And guess what, everybody, you know, the perfect way to do this prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, the complete basis of the old Testament. How? Because fasting detaches from ourselves so we put ourselves in last place. Alms, we focus on our neighbor. So that puts our neighbor up high. And then lastly, prayer, because we bring it all to God, putting in him in the first place. We don't fast to lose weight. We, 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 we do it for this reason. We pray. We pray. Um, we don't fast to lose weight. We don't pray for our own will to be done. And we don't give alms to be recognized. We, we, we fast to break from ourselves. We give alms to, to focus on our neighbor. And we pray to put God in first place. So to finish, you know, even the Holy Father said fasting helps us overcome indifference for those who are homeless, hungry, and suffering. He said, we show no interest in their lives, their stories, their needs, or their future. How many times did their pleading faces make us look the other way and walk on by? When we get used to something, we also become indifferent. So fasting can build solidarity with those who have not. But don't come like the Pharisees. You know, the Pharisees <clears throat> criticized those who didn't fast. We just heard about it in the gospel. Do you know that fasting should never come be head of charity? If you go to somebody's house on a Friday in Lent and you didn't tell them you were Catholic and they made you a big steak and went all the way through all the trouble and they put it on the table, you can't be the self-righteous person and say, oh, you know, I'm Catholic. I can't touch that. Sorry. And you've just offended somebody who spent all day preparing your meal. You eat it. Now, you don't call up your neighbor and say, hey, you know what? Make me a steak, and then I can come on over. No, it's just knowing charity. Um, the purpose of fasting, you know, um, there's a lot of different ways to fast. There's intermittent fasting, and I won't get into all that now. But, you know, we talk about plenary indulgences as a way to remove temporal punishment due to sin and Divine Mercy Sunday, too. Do you know that prayer, fasting, and almsgiving 
can actually remove and remit punishment due to sins confessed if you do it with perfect love. And so let us fast today. If you can, if you're able, let us abstain from meat. You're not required to fast today. It's a Friday in Lent. Ash Wednesday you were, but you are required to abstain from meat. Let's do it with love, not grumbling. And let us offer that up to God to free our souls to not be controlled by the flesh. If we all start doing that, we may see a difference in the way the world is now being run. God bless you, and let's try our best to live the essence of Lent. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.